Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, we've been flowing with this concept of unstuck. We're seven weeks into it. We're seven weeks into it. We will tie a bow on it next week. We'll get it all finished up. Not that that means we're all completely unstuck, but at least we've got a pretty good idea of the direction to help us get there. And as we're here seven weeks into this, we've been looking at what it means to be unstuck because nobody likes to be stuck. Nobody likes to be stuck in line. Nobody likes to be stuck in anything. And so we don't, we don't like this. And so we've been looking at these concepts and we keep coming back to this truth right here, that knowing that God loves us helps us to go to him when we're stuck. And this has been the baseline. When we get stuck, we have to know that we can go to God, that he's for us, he loves us, and he doesn't want us stuck. He wants to move in our lives. And we've looked at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16 every week because it's kind of the, 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 the launching pad for this. Let's read it again. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet he did not sin. So he had the same junk of life come, hit him in the face too, was tempted to handle it in all the wrong ways, but he didn't. He handled it in life-giving ways. He didn't sin, so he can navigate us, coach us, guide us, lead us to deal with the same frustrating stuff and not step into things that are destructive, step in to sin. So it says, therefore, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Now, every time we do this, Every time we find ourselves in a stuck moment, every time we find ourselves in a difficult place, and we do what the the letter to the Hebrew says, which is approach God's throne of grace with confidence to find help and grace in time of need, then every time that happens, there's a story with it. Every time. Every time we have this interaction with God, there's, there's this new piece of our story. Every single time. And so as we're looking at being unstuck, I want us to to be aware that there is this catalog, there is this amazing thing of these stories in your life. And the longer you follow Jesus and the longer you move forward in him, there's just more and more of these God moments that get added to your life. And it's like, well, what do we do? Do we live them, enjoy them, and discard them? Or is there use for our God story as we move forward, and here's the cool thing about story. Story is how anything is communicated best. That's part of why I choose to tell a lot of stories. You hang around Celebration Church for very long, and you're going to hear lots of stories. Some of them repeatedly, because I want you to, 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 we need to have some stories of the house that you can say like, you know, one thing, and somebody's been around very long, they can finish the story for you, and that, that helps us identify as a group and connect. And so there's some stories you're just going to hear a whole lot. And then there's other stories. But you'll hear, hear stories about my, my children, and, and you'll hear stories about different things. Why? Because we connect with story because you're living a story right now. 
Now, what kind of story? I would love for it to be like a, a beautiful, awesome uh, fairy tale story. Some of you are. Some of you are not. Some of you said, man, mine's, mine is not a bedtime story. Mine, mine's a nightmare. And so, well, that's part of the unstuck we want to deal with. But we're all in the middle of story. And that's one of the things that as we look at the Bible, God has communicated to us through story. We see the story of Abraham. We see the story of David. We see the story of Joseph. We see the story and the miracles of Jesus. And it helps us to see how God flows and interacts with our own story. So there's story all over the place. And, and here's the cool thing. And you can, you've got stories. You're full of them. I know because I will hang out with you and spend time with you. And that is the bulk of how you and I will interact. I guarantee if you and I sit down and we have a cup of coffee together, I'm not going to ask you, you know, what, you know, universal principle are you thinking about right now? What thing of the universe? Have you contemplated any theories of, uh, of, of all of these different things? I'm going to say, hey, man, what happened last week? And I want to know the story. In fact, we, everything, our greeting, if we answered it correctly, we would, it would have to be followed up with story. But we tend to just cut that off. We say, hey, how are you doing? And we say, fine, great, wonderful, whatever. We throw the little one word at it. But the truth is, is the real answer to that is story. What is happening in your life. How are things going? And there's so many different little story starters. I could get you to tell me a story right now, but if I just said car trouble, everybody in this room can tell a story. Whether you drive a car or not, you can tell me a story right now. Because all of a sudden, they just come up. Vacation. You can tell me a story. Right now, you've got them. A sports win. A sports loss. Some of you Sweet 16 folks. All of these different things. There's just story that is just totally, totally pulled in to our lives. And then there are things as we begin to talk about, as I begin to connect with God and talk about my own story. There are so many different places where as I went before God's throne of grace, there are now stories. I can tell you about times when we were in in. Uh, desperate financial need and God moved miraculously I can tell you in times when we had no idea what our next move needed to be and God provided guidance and 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 uh, brought confirmation of it through his people I can tell you so many different stories times when we needed healing times when we needed toothpaste I tell you what you're in a time of need when you have to pray to God for toothpaste but I'm telling you, we, I asked Cutie about the toothpaste story. And Cutie can tell you an awesome story where we had the last squeeze of our toothpaste. And we were committed to oral hygiene and at least decent breath in the Clark house. And like, God, we need some toothpaste. And I'm telling you, and God providing as you go. And there's just all of these wonderful, wonderful stories. And we need to be willing to share the God stories. We need to talk about the times when there was God was the only thing that made the difference in that moment. And I'm telling you, in living an unstuck life, keeping the God stories flowing in your life, 
knowing that he's building new ones, but as he's building on a foundation of the previous stories, that each one begins to layer upon layer, create deeper and greater story in your life. Got an opportunity this last week that um, I got to go hang out with my pastor and a bunch of other pastors that, that he pastors. And so he has a, a little conference every spring break. And so we went to Oklahoma and got to spend time with him. And, and he's kind of the grandpa of all of these ministers and the dad and the grandpa. So one of his favorite things to do, one of his favorite things to do is to get all of these guys together and give us all four minutes to preach. I told him, I can't say hello in four minutes. You're going to have me, have me preach for, in four minutes? So, boy, and they have the clock rolling. It's about big let, um, digital numbers on the back, and it's counting down behind you. And when you hit zero, they turn your mic off. It is rude. You could be saying something profound, and it's just gone. Anyway, so I, it was my turn up uh, this weekend, and... and um, Anyways, this, the, it was easy for me to know what I wanted to share because it, was, it dovetailed with what I wanted to share with you guys this weekend because there's so many different things that we, we forget about God moving in one moment. And if we don't know that he's building on all of these different God moments, we can miss him in a new moment because he's continuing the story so many different times. Folks, we can go around the same mountain over and over and over again because we forgot what God did the first time and we let it go. We see this in the story of the children of Israel that they get in these cycles over and over again and somehow grandpa quit telling his grandkids about what God did in that moment and then the grandkids go and do the same stupid thing and Israel lived in this, in this doom loop of loving God and then falling away and then getting into a mess and turning back to a God who they knew loved them and, and had a plan for them and, and, and fixing the mess and then falling away from God over and over again. And if we don't embrace our, the, our own God stories, we can get caught in this cycle. We keep doing the same thing, same thing over and over again. God likes to build on these different stories. I've shared with you the story before of when... <clears throat> My boys were, were younger, Keenan, who just turned 23, the oldest boy, um, who was five years old at the time, and Weston, who's now at Bible school, uh, was one, and he was in his little high chair and, and making a mess, and, and we're prepping dinner, and Keenan walks in and is, tells uh, Weston, just walks up to Weston in his little high chair and tells Weston, I'm going to teach you how to be a man of God. I'm like, well, this is, this is awesome. We're going to see what if my five-year-old is going to teach my one-year-old about what it means to be a man of God. This is cool. So I'd like to try to like not break the moment, you know, and just stay, you know, prepping dinner, but listening and doing all that. And so who, who knows what the five-year-old is going to do, you know? And, um, you know, whether he's going to break the Bible open and start, you know, preaching or, or doing whatever. But, man, he did the sweetest thing ever. And Keenan just standing there in front of that little high chair there in our kitchen, just throws his hands up to heaven and starts singing, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And just begins to just sing and just begin to worship. And man, my, little, my, my daddy heart and my pastor heart were just like, yes, yes, 
he gets it, this five-year-old gets it, it's not about having to do all this stuff for God and do these things for him and all this stuff. It's about relationship and being connected and worshiping and just loving him. That's what it is to be a man of God. I praise God he gets it. And that was such an amazing, wonderful moment. And I love that story. But somehow, I forgot the story. And we fast forward to taking Kenan to Bible school for the first time. And we go and we go to view the school and we go to sit down. And Kenan was, his, he loves to preach now and he does a fantastic job. But his first taste of ministry stuff was, was with our worship team and, and, and worshiping. And he got to be lead worship at his school and, and he got to do a lot of those different things. And so he was all about worship. He was going to go and do the worship track and do all of that. And so he, he heads... We go to CFNI, and CFNI has been known for their worship for years and years. And I'm like, son, the worship's just amazing. It's just awesome. Keenan, man, if, if any of the new worship albums drop, he's just in the middle of it, and he's all about it. And so we go over there, and, and, and like, you're, you're just going to love this worship. And so we get our seats there in the big chapel, and the music starts. And there's this guy on this keyboard playing this decades-old song. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. And I'm like, what are you doing? Where's the ripping guitar? Where's the stuff, man? Come on. You know, let's go. Where is this? And my son is sitting here and like, this is his first experience. He's like, yeah, dad, this is like cutting edge stuff. And I'm just like, irritated that that they're pulling out this old song why do they pull out this old song and as i'm griping about it and just not i think in keenan's having a lesser experience because of this it hits the chorus hallelujah thank you jesus lord you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise And that memory of him standing in front of that high chair, teaching his little brother how to be a man of God with that exact same song. And I was like, man, I was so wanted some other thing that I was missing this amazing moment. That here is my son is is deciding where he's going to go to school, where he's going to step forward and learn how to be a man of God in a deeper way. That I thought it needed to go this one way. And out of all the songs of all the weeks of all the moments, they could pull out this old song and bring it in. What an amazing moment. And folks, if we don't hold on to the God moments, we can be doing something amazing in our lives and building on a previous thing. And we just so want the next thing that we forget that it's layer upon layer that God works in our lives. See, God gets you unstuck because he loves you. He loves you, but he uses your unstuck story because he loves others. Your story should not end with you just experiencing it. And all of a sudden magnifies as you tell it. It's all of a sudden this place where the enemy tried to slip you up and take you down. And all of a sudden you lean on God and you go to him in your time of need. And things begin to turn around. And you experience that and what a wonderful miracle. 
But guess what? The miracle expands as soon as you begin to share with somebody else who's facing the same mess as you and say, guess what? It's not as dark as it feels. It's not as ugly because I was in the same boat. I was in the same place and God did this in my life and I'm going to tell you my God story. I'm telling you, man, things begin to shift as we will let God begin to use these moments. And here's the problem and why we be quiet so many times is because so many times our unstuck stories are places where we got ourselves stuck. I was embarrassed. I did something foolish. I took a little bit of a the bait of Satan and I went down this road that I shouldn't have gone and I got myself stuck but I went before the throne of grace and God moved in my life and I want to tell you that my God will do the same for you and we can keep our unstuck stories in a little in a little box instead of the side and not share because sometimes we're a little embarrassed that we were there to begin with first Timothy 1 16 says but for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners. This is Paul writing. But he had been a vile, angry, religious, zealot man. Persecuting and having people put to death. He was full of anger. He says, me the worst of sinners, Christ, that Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul recognizes what a beautiful thing that God did something in his life, but there's also this power that it's an example to others that would come behind. God does amazing things in your life. He does it for you, but he also does it for other people who are going to need the same thing. I love as we go through the book of Acts. That Paul's story is told, his coming to Christ story is told three times in Acts. Acts chapter 9, we have the first time it happens and Luke writes the history of it. You have Acts 22 where Paul tells it and then Acts 26 where Paul tells it again. And it was just this commonplace that, that Paul constantly told his story. That I was on the way to get some of my brothers and sisters in Christ thrown in jail. I had the papers. I was a persecutor. I was on the way to do something vile. And God intercepted me in the middle of my road. And God changed my life forever. And he tells his story over and over and over again. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. He's not ashamed that he needed the gospel. He's not ashamed of it. Why? Because it's powerful. It's powerful. Why do we need salvation? Because we're stuck. We need saving Because we are stuck. See, sharing our unstuck stories helps others to go to God when they're stuck. See, so many times this concept of of witnessing, it can feel so formulaic. And man, when I was a a youth pastor, man, we'd try to get our our teenagers, we'd go do witnessing. So we'd load them up in the van and 
fill their pockets full of tracks and go down the drag in San Angelo or go down to the different places and just strike up conversations and do these different things. And we never had much success, but man, we really felt like we were getting something done. And then what really made the difference is when I began to see that if I can just get these young people to just share with their peers about the things God's doing in their lives, all of a sudden, man, we begin to see people coming to Christ. All of a sudden, we begin to see, see, the, see their, their little sphere of influence changed. That's all it is. Being a witness is just telling about what God's done. If you get hauled down to be a witness in a court case, all you're told to do is just tell what you know. That's it. You're not allowed to tell anything you don't know or, or that you're speculative on. Just tell what you know. Tell your experience. That's what you're told. With us, it's the same way. We just tell what we know. Let's look at John chapter 4. I love this story. It is so rich. The, the woman at the well. Jesus has this amazing encounter with this lady. And he's just breaking all sorts of cultural things. First off, he was a Jew talking to a Samaritan. That didn't happen. There was so much tension between those two religious groups. It was a man talking to a woman. That didn't happen. They didn't interact that way. And so here is this Jewish man talking to this Jewish woman here out in the light of day. This lady was at the well at the wrong time because she had made a lot of poor choices in her life and ended up with a, with a, a series of busted, broken, messed up relationships. This is a lady that as the conversation moves forward, that she's had a whole lot of husbands. Now you have to remember the laws back in then that the husband had to write the wife a certificate of divorce. The woman couldn't divorce her husband. It was one-sided. So here is a woman who has been divorced, according to the scripture, five times. Five different men have kicked her to the curb and abandoned her. Five different men went and legally said, I don't want you anymore. These weren't her choices. She didn't have the legal authority to walk out of these relationships and these marriages. She got pushed aside. And now she's having an interaction with a, she's, the scriptures say she's living with a man at the time who's not her husband, which was back then was a massive, massive taboo. And then she's having interaction with a man. Don't you think she had some trust issues? Some man begins to come and insert himself into her life. And don't you think she has some trust issues? But as he began to love her and speak to her and see her where she was and not reject her. He saw her for who she was. She didn't have to put the mask on. He saw the whole thing and loved her anyways. The man, all of a sudden, it began to change her life. And she, God, Jesus, reveals that he is the Messiah to her. A Samaritan Jewish woman who had her life total mess. And he reveals he's Messiah to her. And here comes her response. Verse 28 says, the woman then left her water pot. That was why she was at the well to begin with. She just totally just left everything. Agenda blown. And went into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. She's bringing up all the things she ever did to these people. She's bringing it up. He told me 
everything I ever did. She's known around town. And she's like, this guy told me everything I ever did. And everybody's like, oh. She's like, no, no. He's the one. He's the Messiah. Is this, the, is this one not the Christ? And they all went out and they came to him. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him because of the saying of the woman who testified, he told of all I ever did. She just went and shared this experience. She didn't know everything, but she knew that here was this, this, this Messiah figure who knew who she was and knew what she did and cared about her anyways. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, so many times we can get focused and on that last thing that's said and that last thing that's said kind of hangs around and rattles around in our head. But you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which is where they were. Judea, Samaria, to other most parts of the earth. And so many times we can get wrapped up in the uttermost parts of the earth part of that scripture. Which, praise God, we're connected with that. That's why we had the testimony on the screen from, from one of the missionary guys we support and what's happening in Ethiopia. And we want to send some of our young adults and to be a part of the college-age group of Ethiopians making a difference in their community. And we want to send some of ours. And it's just going to be an amazing trip. <clears throat> but what we have to do is we have to see where this starts in, is Jerusalem. It starts in Jerusalem. If Jesus was talking, he'd say it would be San Angelo, and then it would progress. Folks, we took a poll last week about how many people do you have at weekly contact in your life. That you can ask for prayer, or if you ask them their opinion, they'd give you God-weighted counsel. And we saw what that was and had you think about that. Those people need to know your God stories. But there are people who didn't make that cut. There are people you have weekly contact with that didn't make that cut. And I'm going to encourage you that when one of those people that didn't make that cut begins to just talk and share story then all of a sudden part of your God story could kind of fit in there then begin to share it begin to just tell about it you don't have to have the answers to everything say I, I don't want to get the God conversation started because I'm not a preacher I don't know everything you don't have to know everything you just have to know what God's done for you and as soon as you've exhausted that and they ask you the next question you don't know say I don't know I'd be happy to learn that I'd be happy to search that out with you but just share what you know. See, sharing our unstuck story celebrates that God love, God's love came to us and that God's love flows through us. 1 Peter 3 says, But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect. It's the, it doesn't work where somebody says, oh, man, you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty happy. You seem to have a lot of hope, man. You, you keep saying this, you know, man, that, that's a God thing or that's this or that's awesome. And, and man, what, what's going on with your life? And you don't go, well, it's because I've got a right relationship with God and I'm not an idiot, selfish individual like you. <laughs> that takes out the gentleness and respect part. 
be humble and we recognize that, you know what, man? You know, I have my share of problems and I have my share of issues, but praise God, I've got someone I can go to and he loves me and he cares about me. And I'd be happy to talk to you a little more about that. We just share. We just share. It's just keeping a clear conscience so that those that speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Romans 10 Verse 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Well, preaching is just sharing. Sharing what God's done in your life. There's this chain of events and it starts with us telling our God stories. Paul always told his God story. You and I, the people closest into our lives, it doesn't mean we have to insert it every time. It doesn't mean we have to be obnoxious about it. But you know when somebody is struggling and somebody needs some answers and you've got one. Man, pray to gently and with respect. Begin to say, hey, can I just, I had a similar struggle. Can I just tell you what happened with me? I just want to tell you what happened with me. Man, most people are willing to listen to that. You're not telling them what they have to do. You just tell them what happened with you. Say, this is what happened with me. And I'm telling you, man, things can begin to shift. See, the retelling reminds us of the impact that God has had in our lives, and it causes us to overcome. Revelation 12, 10. says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of the brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. That's what Jesus did. Jesus did it all. We're about to celebrate Easter coming up and all that was accomplished. They overcame by by that happening and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And first, John 5, 11 says, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. That's our testimony. What God has done through Jesus, that's our testimony. It's not patting ourselves on the back. It's not saying we're super Christians. It's not saying we've got it all together. It's saying that, that Jesus did it all. And we just point people there. See, our bottom line is that sharing God at work in your life helps others to see God at work in their lives. It just does. It just does. Folks, God loves us enough to meet us right where we are, and he loves us enough to not leave us there. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.